Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com and ADC Media, producers of fine Catholic programming like Light of the East, Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. Before I go any further, I always want to do what we ought to be doing first all the time in our lives, especially in our prayer life, especially in relation to God, and that is giving gratitude. Gratitude to those of you who listen and also write to me kindly, being very supportive. And I'd like to point out a couple of people. First of all, a very faithful listener, Jean Bray from Tahuya, Washington. I always like saying that word. She claims I say it correctly. Thank you, Jean. Jean Bray from Tahuya, Washington. Thank you for always your kind, supportive letters. And above all, I want to thank all of you for listening to us. So I'd also like to thank a good old friend, in fact, the original friend of ours here at Light of the East, and that is Mr. Charles Cook from the Saginaw, Michigan area. Charles, we're really indebted to you for all that you have done. You really are the one that got it all started for us here at Light of the East. And just on that note, let me explain a little bit of history about Light of the East as we are steaming towards nearly 800 episodes of Light of the East. And just to show you how God works and how God works literally in the church, <laughs> in the church, in a mystical, theological sense, but also in a physical sense. I was walking through the church one day, and there was a man sitting there praying by himself. And as I walked through the church, the man stopped me and said, Father, we need to get your Byzantine liturgy on the radio so more people can come to know about your Byzantine liturgy. He really appreciated the liturgy. So I didn't think too much of that. I said, okay. So he said, I'm going to work on that. So I didn't think too much of that. Well, he went and got a friend of his who was our original producer engineer here at Light of the East, who became that original producer and engineer. His name was Art Clifton of Blessed Memory. We keep him in our prayers. He's passed on. But he went to his friend, Art Clifton. The man turned out to be, who went to Art Clifton, the man turned out to be Charles Cook. And Charles went to his friend, Art who did some radio work in the past and asked him to approach the 
radio station here in Chicago, one of the big radio stations, to get our liturgy on the air. Well, R. Clifton came back and he said to me, Father Tom, I have good news and bad news for you. The bad news is the liturgy is too long for the segment that would be allowed on the radio. So that didn't surprise me. Our Byzantine liturgies are seldom under an hour. But he said the good news is that there's a half-hour spot on Sunday morning for your own radio program. And that sort of stunned me. I never even thought of that. That never even entered my mind. And I decided, well, sounds like a door of opportunity that God is opening up for me and for us to step through for the purpose of evangelization. That's what I'm really, really committed to on, on every level and everything that I do as a priest, evangelization. So I decided to try it. And lo and behold, now we're almost getting close to 800 programs later of Light of the East. But that's how it all started. It started with Charles Cook sitting in our church praying. And I never could have imagined it, never thought of it, never intended it. But here we are all these years later. And I want to thank all of you who have been with us since the beginning, or if you've joined us at some point along the way, people like Gene Bray and many others, I want to thank you for being part of Light of the East here. And isn't it interesting how God's providence works? So again, a special salute to Charles Cook and a special remembrance of Art Clifton, our very first producer and engineer. Currently, our brilliant producer and engineer who took over from Art a few years ago is Armin Chabatari. So it's all because of him that this comes to all of you. But I want to thank you, above all, for listening and for all your great, great letters of support. Speaking of support, we're in a time now where a lot of you listening, a lot of Catholics out there, former Catholics, lukewarm Catholics, cafeteria Catholics, whatever kind of Catholic, East and West, many of you are looking for support or you don't feel support. So that's why you're gone, you've left, or you're lukewarm, or you're a cafeteria or whatever. And of course, there are many of you who are being very, very faithful, but it's becoming increasingly difficult for you. Not that you're not being faithful, but it's becoming more burdensome because of what's happening in the church. Let's face it, let's be honest here. You always have to remember this. Light of the East is not just a program about an interesting oddity or study in the church called the Eastern Churches. It's not just a history lesson, although history is certainly very much a part of it. It is about a real living church that is relevant for our real lived times, the best of times or the worst of times and everything in between. And I always try to communicate to all of you and to the world the relevancy of the gifts of the Eastern churches, the gifts of both lungs of the church, East and West, but in particular, of course, the gifts of the Eastern churches. And what's happening in church right now, and things are probably going to get more difficult, maybe more shocking, more disillusioning. For example, you have the case where in New York City, Cardinal Archbishop Dolan is taking the insurance companies to task that, that ensure the Archdiocese of New York because in the light of what might be many, many more lawsuits based on sex abuse and so on, the insurance companies are kind of backing away and saying, we don't want to support you because it's your fault. It's the fault of the clergy. And the archbishop, the cardinal archbishop, is trying to tell them, well, no, this is what we're paying you for. This is part of your job. So the cardinal archbishop in New York is anticipating some rough times ahead, but not just for New York. We're already in rough times. It's probably going to get rougher. And maybe it's all part of God's providence, God's way of purifying the church. At any rate, what's happening is many people are wavering. 
There are tens of millions of Catholics who do not go to church. Many of you who do go may be looking, may feel like the foundation is being torn out from under you. You may be feeling like you're almost like suspended in space. Where is the leadership? Where is the foundation? Where is the strength? The church seems to be crumbling. Well, there is something crumbling in the church, and it probably should, but it's not the church itself. Remember, our Lord said, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church, and God will always be with us. And the church goes through sometimes tremendous eras of purification, and sometimes that means the church gets smaller but mightier. And Pope Benedict XVI actually prophesied that. He said, we're probably going to go into a time when the church will get smaller, but perhaps holier. Remember how holy it was at the foot of the cross when there was nobody left. Everybody peeled away, the apostles themselves, even Peter. All that was left was Jesus's mother, St. John, and a couple women. That was it. But that was the holiest moment, the crucifixion, Christ giving his body to us to redeem us and save us. So, We have to not be too afraid about numbers and size. We're all about integrity, the holiness of the church. And as things will get probably a bit rougher, many of you may be looking. And I know that many of you and many people out there, even if they're non-Catholics, are looking even to other forms of Catholics, such as the Byzantine Catholic Church, the Eastern Catholic Churches. I, myself, as a pastor, am seeing a lot of that, a lot of visitors, a lot of people, some people even joining us, some people just finding a, at least a temporary home, a place like, a, well, almost like an oasis in a, what seems to be a spiritual or ecclesiastical desert. So they turn to the Eastern churches. That way they're still in the church. They're still practicing their Catholic faith, but it's in a way now that they can find some kind of solace, some kind of solidity in. And we are there, All both lungs of the church are there for one another. That's the beauty of it. There are many people who move between the lungs of the church for various reasons, but at least they find a home still within the church. And that's a good thing. That shows you the beauty of the different rites, different expressions of the church. The Eastern Catholic churches do have something to offer during this tumultuous time. We are part of that tumultuous times as well. We're not totally unaffected by it. It's like a tsunami. It's like a storm. You just sort of get swept up in it to an extent in varying degrees. Some of the same things are happening in some of the Eastern churches, but not necessarily with quite the intensity or the numbers or the media coverage as is happening in the Latin Rite Church. There's also certain things in the Eastern Rite Church that are very, very stable right now. Where the Latin Rite Church, there's some instability in terms of liturgy and so on. So the Eastern churches actually offer a certain solace, maybe a certain place, a certain oasis, maybe temporary, maybe permanent, whatever. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about what I mean by that. And I certainly do not mean that the Eastern churches are any way superior to the Latin Rite church or vice versa. I'm just talking about what the Eastern churches may have to offer at this time, but also to understand them in a very integrated and balanced way all at the same time. This is very important. So let's hang on to our seats here because we're in for probably a wild ride in the church, east and west, but let's face it, Christianity is not for the faint of heart. It's not for those who cannot endure the cross. And indeed, from time to time, in different ways, we have to endure the cross in the church, east or west, in whatever era we're in. I'm Father Thomas Leia on Light of the East, 
Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Save, save, save the dates for Prairie Fest, Friday through Sunday, August 9th through the 11th, at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. More info at ByzantineCatholic.com. Hi, I'm Bishop Earl Boyer for WJKNAM and W227BYFM, Good Shepherd Catholic Radio in Jackson, Michigan, and you're listening to Light of the East. And now, some Byzantine spirituality from Father Tom Loya. Look at all this traffic. Bumper to bumper. Now I'm going to be late. Next time you're stuck in traffic, use some Byzantine spirituality. Look at every car and imagine each one to be a knot on your Jesus prayer, your chutkin, your rosaries. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. O Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Every car becomes a knot or a bead. Or, you could keep in mind what a child said in my parish. Mommy, I like traffic jams. It's like all the cars are hugging us. Out of the mouths of babes, glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. We're talking about the Eastern churches and the place they may have right now in a very particular way with what is happening in the church, not exclusively, but largely in the Latin Rite Church, but again, not exclusively, and things that are going to continue to happen, which are perhaps, well, they are in fact unsettling, maybe even frightening, maybe to the point of, well, causing people to lose their faith in the church, and indeed many have. Many are walking away. Many are not going to church. Many are frightened. Many are confused, and many are looking. And sometimes they may look to the Eastern churches. In fact, I know that that is happening. So as an Eastern Catholic and as a priest and pastor, and I see this happening, I do see people looking and searching. There's a couple of things I want to offer in this regard. First of all, most importantly, do not leave the church. Do not lose faith. Christianity is not for the faint of heart. It does require something heroic of us, and I think we've lost that. For a long time now in the modern Western world, I think we got the notion, somehow we were allowed to get that notion or we deluded ourselves or whatever, into thinking that we can have a church but with no cross and that the church is always going to be pure and pristine, and every priest and everybody in the church is going to be an example. Yes, we should strive for that. The church in its essence is pristine. Yes, it is the body of Christ on earth. But in its human forms, it is not pristine. And that is part of the cross. Part of the cross is the fact that we must live in situations that sometimes inspire or cause suffering in us. They cause confusion in us. They cause pain. But the question is, can we stay at the cross? Can we stay at the foot of the cross? Or will we peel away like Christ's first original disciples and apostles? 
There were just a few that stayed at the cross. Eventually, the apostles came back when they saw the error of their ways, but they had to embrace the cross in their own lives. They all, most all of them except for John, died as martyrs. They suffered and died just as Christ predicted, but they did it willingly once they came back around. They ran away in fear and confusion, just like many people are today in the church, but they came back. So, first and foremost, don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Do not leave the church. As Jesus said to the apostles, remember when Jesus spoke about his body being the Eucharist, that if you do not eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will not have life in you. When he said that, a lot of people started peeling away from him. I remember Jesus asked the apostles, well, are you going to go too? And some of them said, where else can we go, Lord? So think of that. And that's what I say to you. Where else can we go? And going out of the church or not going because we're disillusioned or frustrated or confused or angry, sorry, but that's not a good enough excuse. There is no excuse. I understand. It's, I can understand it's a reason, but reasons are not excuses. So you have to make that distinction. You can give me a reason why you're not going or that young adult son or daughter of yours isn't going because of this anger, confusion, delusion, whatever, but it's not an excuse. They have to embrace the cross. We all have to embrace the cross and to stay with it. After all, our Lord stayed with us to the point of going to the cross. He stayed with us and he was God. So why can't we stay with his mystical body on earth? In fact, you may want to stay for other reasons as well, because these could be very, very wonderful and exciting times down the line. Imagine the purification of the church, the church being even more of what it's supposed to be, having even greater holiness and integrity, you could be a part of that. So don't leave it. If you're really feeling confused and disillusioned, I understand why, because there's a lot of things that have gone on in the church, a lot of things liturgically in particular in the Latin Rite Church, which were inspired by basically foreign intrusions. They were not the true theology of the Latin Rite Church. They were foreign intrusions. So whenever we talk about the church, you always have to make a distinction. Are we talking about the, the fake church? to use a popular term today, or you're talking about the real church, what the Latin Rite Church really is, what its worship, its theology, its spiritual legacy really is, or you're talking about what is so much the fake or the counterfeit version of it, which is right now being exposed. This is what's happening. So this is actually a good thing, a painful thing, but a good thing. It's sort of like lancing a boil. And it's tough, it's embarrassing, it's difficult, it's confusing, it's disillusioning. Well, hopefully it won't be disillusioning, but it can be. But don't be disillusioned. Stay with it. And sometimes the other rite to the church may be for you and for others, because I see it happening, a bit of an oasis. Maybe someone comes to the Eastern churches and they, they love it. They stay with it. They fall in love and they stay with it. Maybe that's by God's providence. So that's where they find a spiritual home. The reverse is true too. Many Eastern rites over time here and there will sometimes find a home in the Latin Rite Church as well. So that's the beauty of the church. Or maybe you're going to come to an Eastern Rite Church temporarily until some of this dust settles or until you feel spiritually strong or fed enough to maybe return to your own church, which brings me to another point. Another little bit of wisdom from the Eastern churches I'll offer to those of you who are Latin Rite. In the Eastern churches, we know how to fight. <laughs> we know how to fight for our church. Maybe because we're small. It's like families. You know, families can really fight because they're close and there's a lot of passion about things within the family. There isn't much passion about things that are kind of remote 
or objectified. But there is when you're close to it and you've got heart and soul in it. You've got emotion and blood and sentiment in it. Well, take a little tip from the Eastern Rite churches. Although the Latin Rite church is a lot larger, I think you need to learn how to fight more a bit. Don't be afraid to fight for what is right in your church. To preserve the integrity of your church where you see it being threatened or where it needs to be purified. So don't, don't leave it for others to do the work. Hang in there. Be part of the fight. And there's a good and a holy way to fight, you know. But you've got to learn how to do that. We Eastern Rites, we, we're pretty good at it. And <laughs> sometimes maybe we're too good at it. But I offer that to you as one of the gifts of the Eastern Church on another kind of level. So hang in there. Fight for it. Find an oasis. Find areas to be fed or have some kind of calm or peace some kind of serenity, some kind of recharging, some kind of, well, like retooling of your spirituality. Maybe you'll find it in the Eastern churches. But also remember, too, the Eastern churches, we have certain customs and practices and theologies that are very firmly grounded, which have not undergone the type of changes that have happened in the Latin Rite Church. It does not mean we're better than Latin Rite Church or stronger or anything like that. It just means that's that's just the history. The history of the Latin Rite Church now is that there's been a lot of struggle in liturgical prayer and the mystical and so on, and also the sex scandals. But in the Eastern churches, we haven't had the same kind of liturgical struggle. We have our own kind of struggle, but not the same way that it happened in the Latin Rite Church. We don't have, as, at least as not in such a high profile as the Latin Rite Church, the sex scandals. We have had that, to be honest. We have had it. We're not exempt from it. But a lot of that is behind us now, and it's just not as going to be as high profile in the Eastern churches as it currently is in the West. So as you come to Eastern churches, remember you're coming to a church that, as the Pope said, and many saints have said, the church East and West is basically a hospital. We're here because we're sick. We're sinners. That's what sickness is. Spiritual sickness means sin. We come to the church to be healed, to be cured. We don't come because the church is perfect and we're in pretty good shape and we expect everything to be wonderful. And if it's not, we cut and run. You're sick and so am I. We come to be healed. We come to be healed by the hospital of the church. And so the church is not perfect, east or west. The liturgy, the mystical part that the eastern churches are based upon, and also its monasticism, and also its, its smallness. Its smallness is a cross and a crown both at the same time. That smallness, that family feeling, that familiarity, that usually there's a lot of welcome in eastern churches, and well, not always, unfortunately, but most of the time there is. But the other pillars of the monastic discipline, the ascetical, the liturgical, the mystical, those are things that are missing in the Western world today, both in and out of the church. And those are retained, for the most part, in the Eastern churches. So those things certainly might be attractive to you. They might be a kind of a solace for you. They may be a place that you can come as that place of refreshment, of oasis. So these gifts of the Eastern churches are there for you. And you can come to them, feel free, but don't leave the church. But also remember, you're not coming to a church that is perfect because of the human factors. And also remember, the more holy a church is, the more the devil works on it. So just remember, a lot of the chaos that's going on, as difficult as it is, especially in the Latin Rite Church, from the Pope on down, there's lots of confusion, I admit it. Remember, that's a backhanded compliment why would the devil work so hard on the Roman Catholic Church to disrupt it and destroy it? 
if it weren't the church, the big guy, if it weren't it. I sometimes stand back and I look at the Latin Rite Church and look at some of the difficulty that they're enduring. And we have our own difficulty in the Eastern Church, as I mentioned, but in the Latin Rite Church, they're, they're very problematic right now. They're very, it's very tumultuous, I understand that. But I look back at that, I think to myself, there must be something, well, I know there is, but I think to myself, there must be something that is special and important most important about the Roman Catholic Church, and in particular the Latin Rite. Let's face it, the church ended up, the center of it ended up in Rome. It's been there for centuries. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere else. So we have to acknowledge, we have to be truthful. And that center, that place, the Latin Rite Church, that apparently by God's providence has been chosen to be the headship, to form the seat of Peter, the headship, that church, precisely because it's been chosen that way, is undergoing this attack by the evil one. So see it as a backhanded compliment and hang in there. Avail yourselves of the Eastern churches as that if that helps, we're here for you, but we're also cheering you on as well. We kind of want you to, if you want to join, join and stay with us, it's by God's providence, great, fine. However, at the same time, we're here to cheer you on. We're in your corner. We're going to get you cleaned up and fit and back in the game to protect and fight for your own church. That would be my message to you. We're here to be whatever you want and whatever you need, as you have been there for us, as the Latin Rite has been there for the Eastern churches. But my first message to you would be, hang in there. Learn how to fight in a good way for what is right. And above all, pray. Pray, pray and pray. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. You know, Catholic Radio is, it's training for the troops. It's a interaural of the ear boot camp. The folks who listen, who grow in their faith, grow in charity, grow in all the virtues, they then go out and exert an influence far beyond just themselves. Catholic Radio has an exponential effect for bringing people deeper into the faith. Dr. Ray Garendi thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!